As we move into our time of prayer today, it becomes very important to address issues that are dominant within our culture today. Today, as we join in prayer, I want us to remember to pray for the families of all the victims of extreme racism over the last few weeks. Other churches and other pastors have challenged each other to name names, to name the victims who have suffered from these events. I, I will not be doing that today for the mere fear that between the time of this recording and the time that you see it, there may be names that were not added to this list. Today, I want to hold out the overall prayer for everyone that suffers under different levels of racism. Today, I want to pray for those who suffer the loss of family because of extreme levels of racism. Today, in our service, I chose to use the voices of our younger members. The scripture reading, our, our call to worship our prayer time. I'm glad I chose those younger voices because we still have hope within our world because of the next generation. And as we pray over, for, against these actions of extreme racism, I want us also hold a prayer for the next generation. As we hear, have heard the younger voices in this presentation today, there's hope for what's next. We need to do the work now. We need to do the care now. We need to make the changes now so that this next generation of younger voices can become the advocates that make the world a better place. Precious God, for every place that we have seen injustice, we ask you to move. For every place that we've seen harm and destruction, we ask you to move. Precious God, in every person's heart that's suffering or crying because of an action of extreme injustice, we ask you to move. Precious God, as we continue with this time, as we hear the younger voices, give us a spark of hope so that we can see the potential of what's next and be motivated to be the advocates that spark those things to happen. In your son's precious name I pray. Amen. It's time for our children's message. And I want to ask you guys, do you have a nightlight? Now, when I was a kid, there was this kid's show called The Banana Splits. And it was pretty crazy. And The Banana Splits was a, a, a band. And it was made up of all these big, like, plush characters like you would see at Six Flags or Disneyland, just kind of crazy looking guys. And they were a musical group. Now, when I was a kid, I had a Banana Splits nightlight. Now, let me share with you why that nightlight was important. Now, when I was in my room as a kid, it was pitch black. I didn't really have like street lights outside of my room. I didn't have really things that cast this ambient light. My room was dark. And it's really scary to be in a dark place without something to 
lighted up. That nightlight was very, very important to me. I don't know if you guys have nightlights or maybe there's a light that you leave on in the hallway so that people can see where to go. But light is very important because light makes things more visible. And when things become more visible, they become more understandable. I loved my banana splits nightlight. I want you guys to think about things that light things up for you. There's so many times that we don't understand things. There's so many times that things can appear dark and we just need a light to shine for us to point the way. Now today is a, is a very special day in the church. It's the church's birthday. Today is a day that the light of Christ came in the form of the Holy Spirit and lit up an upper room and made it so that others understood what Christ had been doing. It gave all of Christ's followers a new understanding so that they could go out and share and become the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, but they're not having to go on that journey alone. The Holy Spirit becomes this light, like our nightlights, that lights the way and makes things more visible and more understandable. We are blessed with people who become the hands and feet of Christ in our life. We got our moms and our dads, our teachers, our karate instructors, our soccer coaches. You know, we have all these people who are a part of our lives and they become our teachers and our guides. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher and our guide. You know, we have these times that we, we just feel this feeling that something's not right. So we need to ask questions about it. We have these times that we feel really compelled to say something. So we ask questions to know that we're saying the right things. And all these things come through the guide of a mentor, an advocate. I want you to pray today about your spiritual nightlights. I want you to pray about the spirit that came to the world on Pentecost that, that became the birthday of the church. And I wanted you to share and to pray over all of the dear friends in your life, your teachers, your soccer coaches, your karate instructors, your moms and dads, your aunts and uncles, your grandparents that become advocates for you and help light the way for you to understand things. I want us to celebrate the light. There's one more image I'll give you before we go. I want you to know, because many of you are acolytes, in, in our church. And the acolyte brings in this light of Christ to be with us. That's very much an image of what happens on Pentecost. When the light of Christ joins the others in that upper room and fills them with knowledge and understanding and a connection, a pure connection with the creator and allows them to have an advocate, a guide, a light to light the way to help them be safe, to help them have a place to learn, and to help them have a guide that cuts through the darkness and makes things brighter. Let's join together in prayer. Precious God, thank you for your Holy Spirit that lights our way. God, please continue to guide us so that we can see your light in scary places. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. 
Precious God, today as we stand outside, we hear the sounds. We hear the sounds that we are truly not alone in this world. Precious God, there are times that we realize that we feel displaced, that we feel disconnected, that we feel like we're in places of seclusion. But precious God, all we need to do is stop and listen. And we can hear the sounds and the reminders that we are not alone in this journey. Today, with the sounds of our surrounding God, I hold out a prayer that you remind us of the presence of your spirit. Be real, God. Nothing happens unless it's sparked by you. Amen. Today, you're going to hear sounds. You're going to hear the sounds of my neighbors. You're going to hear the sounds of the 78 freeway that I live off of. You're going to hear sounds today. You're going to hear the sounds of the birds. You're going to hear the sounds of the trees and the leaves rustling and moving. I want you to hear these sounds today because it's very important. There's many times when I have conversations with individuals who question the faith that I follow. I hear this question. How can you believe in something that you can't see? How can you believe in an all-powerful God that's never visible? Today I want to use every sound that intrudes this sermon as a reminder. Just because we can't see things, it does not mean that they don't exist. As we hear the cars drive by, we don't see them. We hear them. We know that they're real. We know that there's an environment, there's a reality, there's weather, there's nature. We can hear it in the leaves even though we can't see it. I know that I have a neighbor cutting his yard behind my house. I can't see them, but I can hear them. I want to talk about with you today that even though we cannot always see the presence of God, even though that sometimes we don't always see the presence of God's grace, it does not mean it doesn't exist. T today is Pentecost Sunday. And Pentecost Sunday is this reminder that something exists even though that we can't always see it. Now the scripture that was shared today was from Joel. And my youngest daughter shared the scripture of Joel about this spirit that would be poured out on everyone. Men, women, slave, free, everyone. My youngest daughter just read a scripture of that reality. Another part of the scripture that goes along with this weekend is from Acts chapter 2. And when you look at Acts chapter 2, it shows a visual proof of something from that point will only be able to be felt or in some circumstances heard. As we hear the sounds of the reality around us, I want to celebrate something that we may not see, but we can experience and have a reality with it. There's a promise that was given in, in the Joel scripture that was read, read by my youngest daughter. It's a promise that there will be a pouring of the Spirit on everyone. As you look at Acts chapter 2, we begin to see the proof of that activity. We see the disciples in the upper room be consumed with a flame that is not understood everyone speaking languages and they can understand each other even though they're speaking in different tongues 
a reality that a spirit has come back. Last week we talked about the ascension of the Lord. And we talked about Christ rising back in the heavens to sit at the right hand of God to be our advocate, to whisper into God's ears daily, I love them, I care for them, you, Father, help them. I want you to think about that. When Christ ascended, he gave a measure of assurance, you may not be able to see me, but one will come to be with you and to guide you. I think really frequently, especially when I sit in the world that I live in today, and we kind of need to have this visible God. We have this being in our lives that we need to be able to show. I think about the importance of this question when I'm asked it. When my friends who have not quite found their place in the community of grace yet ask me, how can I believe in something that I can't see? My answer is pretty clear. I see God all the time. I see the reality of God all the time. It becomes an image of what's happening in this scripture. There's people that are outside of the upper room. They can't see the flame that's taking place, the flame of the Holy Spirit that's being passed from person to person, but they hear what's happening. They know that something astounding is happening in this upper room. They know that something extraordinary is happening in this upper room. And it's not because many of them can see it happening. It's many of them can hear it and they're being touched and they're being transformed by it. When the Holy Spirit descended on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit made it possible for us to become a visual image of God even to a world that cannot see God. It's the necessity of us being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. There's a great Christian rock song, a praise song that was out a while ago. And I, I want to say that it was third day, but I don't remember who sang it. But it's, I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I want to go where you send me. Go where you send me. And it's, it's this cry of an individual screaming out to God to be led to go to places so that God can become visible through them, through their words, through their actions, that God can become visible through them. Right now, there is a lot of things that are happening and they're real. And we don't see them, but they're real. I don't know if you can hear the weed eater. But there's a guy reading his backyard. I can't see it, but it's real. He's doing it. I know that you can hear the sound of the cars going on the 78 freeway right here. We can't see them, but it's real that they're there. And as I begin to think about the Holy Spirit, there's so many tones and feelings that we can hear, that we can feel, although we cannot always see them. And they're still real, and we need to be willing to find a place to say, God, I can't see you, but I know you're there. That's why I use the Joel scripture for our scripture today, because there's so many things that can divide us from being willing to see God. You know, I live in a real world. I live in a real world, and every time that I watch the news, there are things that happen that I cannot deny that are wrong. This week, 
watching the news, I have seen images of racial discrimination that are appalling. I've seen that. That's real. I am in a denomination that even though we have not figured out how to bring people back into the sanctuary for in-person worship, we've set a date for our general conference meeting that will separate us as a denomination. There's so many things that I see in the world that is discouraging and frustrating and injustice that's wrong. The racial inequality that I have seen this week as a white middle-class male, I will never have a pure connection to, but it is wrong, and I need to also use my voice to say it's wrong. It's wrong. I get to sit as a leader in a denomination, and I get to be a little bit frustrated that as we are working hard to find ways to be in person drawn back together, we are also working on things that will take place that will pull us apart. I get to live in that frustration and I get to live seeing, seeing that injustice. What does that mean when I talk about the Pentecost experience of the Holy Spirit coming in the world? The Holy Spirit becomes the one thing that we cannot see that is the hope that we have to live with and live in. And I need it to be as loud as this pickup truck that this drove by. I need that Holy Spirit that we can't see, but we live with and live in to become so loud that the things that we see don't hinder us from being the hands and feet of the God that's not always seen. The reality of being the representatives of a spirit that's not always visible, but when we take up our, our banner and become the hands and feet, we make the sounds, we make the movements, we make God's love real and we make it visible and we make it undeniable that's why i wanted to be outside today because there's so many places that we say we see god and we need to find this place in ourselves that we no longer look for god just in those places you know it's easy for me to stand behind a pulpit and proclaim the presence of the Holy Spirit as an acolyte walks down the aisle carrying the light to light the candles. The image of a flame burning that is the presence of Jesus Christ. It's easy to do that in a church because in the church is where we're supposed to see God. But out in the world we get challenged. We get challenged with the images of injustice that I just named. We get challenged with the aches and the pains and the distracting sounds of the world. We get challenged by those things. And sometimes when we live within those challenges, we cannot stop and listen to the birds. You know, it's the old colloquialism, we don't always stop to smell the flowers. We don't always stop to experience the leaves blowing in the wind, and we don't stop to feel the wind blow in our face. You know, all the reminders of something that exists that we can't see.
because we're in places that we don't challenge ourselves to look for it. That's why I'm outside today. I want to challenge you in the places where you don't always see God. You only hear the sounds of the thunder and the rolling. You only hear the distracting sounds that pull our focus away from what God wants us to look towards. I want to challenge you to be in the environment of the everyday. Not in the sanctuary, but in the environment of the everyday, celebrating the God that's not always visible. But when we stop and take a moment, we can feel God's presence. We can hear God's presence thundering on eye that God's there and God is real. That's a promise of Pentecost. It's that one moment that everyone in that room, no matter their cultural differences, understood each other. No matter the differences of their cultural languages, they understood each other. We live in a world that we see the things that we don't understand, we see the things that separate us, and we have to find a way to stop, listen, and to try to understand. It's the Holy Spirit that made it possible in Acts chapter 2. It's the Holy Spirit in Joel that was promised to be poured out on us all. And it's the Holy Spirit in our now present every day that is the blessed assurance that even though the loud noises of distraction can pull us away from the God we don't ever at times really see, but we still experience experience that God through the sounds and the motions of the actions of love and grace. I've shared with you the news of racial injustice that I have seen this week. I've shared with you the news of the injustice that will lead to a separation. Now it's your job to go out and to live the things that create unity and understanding. That's the biggest thing I had hoped that you would take from Acts chapter 2 is the reality that as soon as the Holy Spirit came and gave them a common bond among each other, they began to speak as if they were speaking the same language, even though they were using their own cultural languages. They heard in their own cultural understanding what was being shared, the Holy Spirit created unity and not division. I want you to listen to the sounds of the everyday. I want you to hear your neighbors. I want you to hear the birds. I want you to hear the breeze of the wind flowing through the flowers. I want you to hear people trying to get to their everyday. And I want you to remember in the everyday even if you feel distant and separate, and even if you say you don't see God, it does not mean that God is not there. We just need to stop and allow the Holy Spirit to use the tones of understanding to become the reality that God is real and present. Celebrate that today with the reality of the Holy Spirit. And may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen.